This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Tom Hunt starts and grows B2B businesses. How does he do that? Well, you're listening to how he does that. Podcasting. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. Tom, welcome to the show. Mark, it's an absolute pleasure. I love podcasting. I got into podcasting back in 2017, and it's all because of Gary Vaynerchuk. So mm. in the spring of 2017, I heard him say the future is voice and audio, and everyone needs to have a podcast. And I remember when I heard that, I said to myself, you know, I listen to podcasts. Could I have my own podcast? I used to be a radio DJ in the past life. And people say, did you used to be in a radio? Yes, I used to be a top 40 radio DJ. So that's why I can do this stuff. And I remember going to Google and typing out, how do you start a podcast? And I just started my podcast. And I am amazed at the number of people literally around the world that listen to every one of my episodes. It's amazing. People I have never met are going to hear this conversation, or I should say mm. are hearing this conversation right now. And to me, Tom, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I guess that's the power of information, right? Yes. And I was thinking as we were chatting before the show, like if you're a solopreneur on the internet today and you want to get more attention, which is what you're going to need to do if you want to grow whatever business you have, then you have to create content, right? And so then we break it down further. And I think there's probably four types of content that you could possibly create. There's image, there's written, there's audio, and there's video. And so if you're going back to the first point, if you want to grow your company, you have to create one of these four. And so I would suggest just choosing one, trying to get good at it. For you, it's obviously audio because you have that experience in radio. And then you just like keep like doing and getting better at this thing before you move on to the next one. And so I think for me, I don't think I'm that good at, good at video. I think I'm okay at writing. I'm rubbish at taking pictures or like designing <laughs> stuff. So it, it has to be audio. What I find interesting is about a year ago, I heard some mind-blowing statistics. And it was something along the line. This is going back, back in 2021. There's over like 2 billion podcasts. But that's just a total number of podcasts in the Apple Podcast Directory or Spotify. But if you look at how many have been updated in the last 90 days, that number is like really, really small. My podcast comes out three days a week, which is even a smaller percentage of that. So people get into podcasting, I think, for the wrong reasons. They look at the Joe Rogan and the trillion dollar podcast uh, agreement he had with Spotify. That's an outlier. Most people don't make a lot of money when they start their podcast. They start their podcast for brand awareness. That's why I do this podcast for brand awareness. So people get into podcasting. I'd love to know your thoughts on this because they think I'm going to make hundreds of millions of dollars and Apple and Google and Microsoft are going to throw money at me. No, they're really not. That's not how it happens, right? I, I totally agree. And I think brand awareness is like a good reason to start a podcast. But I think if you're going to, start a show and keep it going for like the time that you need to in order to get sufficient brand awareness like you've done a thousand episodes right 1077 <laughs> you need i think you need another reason to get you through that and this is quite topical because you're also a productivity guy is that one show that i started back in 2017 it was a daily show it was five to ten minutes a day release it was sorry monday to friday um and it was basically i was building a company and it was tracking what i was learning basically each day and 
But the biggest benefit from that show wasn't brand awareness, although it did okay. It wasn't getting sponsors, or we did actually get sponsors in the end. But it was what I was like the increased rate of my learning. Because the best way to learn is to teach. And I had to, because I, I bulk recorded them on a Sunday night. So I had to sit down on Sunday and be like, okay, what did I learn about business this week? And then I had to teach it. And so even if I didn't have anyone listening, it was still probably worth me doing that show. And so I think if, if you are going to get through like the month two to month six period where you might not get much brand awareness, then it's useful to have another reason to actually be doing the show. That's a really powerful thing, what you just said. You got to have your why. What I find very impressive is I think one of the best business cards you can hand someone is your book. And if you want to take that to the audience base, having a podcast. So everyone seems to have a podcast these days. But when I tell them I have 1,077 episodes, now they stand up and they they go, wow. I Most of my guests, probably 98% of my guests come through agencies. There's a whole bunch of agencies around the world that have found my podcast. I have so many episodes and they've listened to the show and they go, cause you can listen to the show and find out if the guy knows what he's doing or not. They go, wow, a lot of episodes, great guests. He knows how to communicate, knows how to uh, ask questions. Boom. Here's a guest. Here's a guest. So I've gotten some pretty cool guests on my show, but you're not going to get that from day one. The odds of you getting a Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone in your first episode, although it has been done, it's very rare. And I would not aim for that. I would aim for who's your target audience and show up consistently. Maybe that's every two weeks. Maybe it's once a week. Mine's three times a week. But whatever you do, don't be inconsistent. Don't do the first Monday and then the third Thursday and then the second Tuesday because then people aren't going to know when to expect your episode. Now, when you have a bigger podcast like a Joe Rogan, you can be inconsistent. But when you're first starting out, you don't even have a lot an audience base. So you have to be consistent. So they know on these days, like in mine, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, a new episode comes out. Then people get used to it. Oh, it's Tuesday's time for the next episode of Mark's podcast. Exactly. You're building a relationship with each listener. And when you don't have much of an audience, if any of those listeners drop off, then that's significant for you. Right. And so part of that is, is building trust through expectation. Mm. There's one show that I listen to every Saturday morning. It comes out like 6 a.m. I think UK time. It's all in podcasts with like all the Silicon Valley billionaires, and they're like consistent 90% of the time. But the feeling I get when I wake up on a Saturday morning to like go and walk my dog, she's just over there, is to so like and listen to that show, and it's not there. Is like I'm actually annoyed <laughs> with them, <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous because it's obviously for free, yeah. but. So they are good 90% of the time. Sometimes they don't do it. But yeah, it's crucial to just have not just the same day, but same time as well. And I will tell you the pitiful, pivotal moment for my podcast where it went to another level is when I learned the art of active listening. Hmm. So most people starting a podcast would be terrified to see my workspace, Tom. I have a piece of paper with your name on it. And then I have notes that you're saying. Mm. People like having prearranged questions. Yeah. Because it's a safety thing. It's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a crutch, but it's a safety net. And that's okay when you start. But when you develop the act of active listening, in other words, you're actively listening to what the guest is saying, your podcast is going to take off. I remember I was a guest on someone's show and this particular person had a list of questions. And I said something I thought was very profound. And he just said, 
Now, my next question is totally mm. ignore it. Like he wasn't even yeah. listening to what I'm saying. And if you listen to people like, like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, they are listening to what the guest is saying. That is crucial for you to really grow your, your podcast. If you're doing interviews the right way. Yeah, I totally agree. I was a host of a show of 200. So about 20, 20% of what you've done, Mark. The, the show, I think, is the most downloaded show in sales operations, which is like really niche. So it's not like that's a, not a massive claim. <laughs> but you're totally right. What I would do is obviously the guests would book into my calendar and then I wouldn't look at it until like two minutes before I'd open their LinkedIn profile and then I scan it. So I got the name, their company and name, name their job role. And then we just jump in. And that show has like really taken off. So I think there's definitely something in that. But my question to you, Mark, is that a new host who doesn't have radio experience or 900 episodes under their belt, how do they like come on and actually make this work? You need to do the research when you're just starting out. If you are like, I've never talked into a microphone before. I don't know what a world of podcasting is. You need to do your research. You need to go look at Tom Hunt. You need to look at what he's doing in the world. Go to his profiles and create some questions. Maybe you send those questions. I never do this, as you know this, Tom. But mm. send those questions to your guests and go, Tom, this is, I'm a new podcaster. I'm, I'm, I'm still wet behind the ears. Are these good questions? And someone like Tom, who is a prolific podcaster, would say, well, I wouldn't do this. I would do this. I would do that in the beginning because mm -hmm. you want to set the tone. If you look and listen to episode number one, I call it my worst episode ever because <laughs> theoretically, every episode should get better. Okay. I was, I didn't do my first interview until episode 18. But you need to prepare. Now, I know people who have a great podcast, they do research. But for me, I like being in the moment. And the number one thing my guests will tell me is they like the fact that there's no script. And if mm. there's something else on their heart they want to talk about, they can go and say, I want to talk about this. You can't do that when you first start because not only do you have to talk to the guests, but then you got to make sure everything's recording. Is your microphone mm. working? You have too many moving parts. That's why I was told by some podcasting thought leaders in the beginning, do not do interviews in the beginning for the first 15 or 16 episodes. You got enough stuff going on to worry about mm. a guest. Now, when you get comfortable, then you can have guests into the mix. Got it. There's something that I actually, now you mentioned that, that something that you want to talk about, I want to ask you, Mark, is because I think it's clear from what we said so far in this interview that the value from podcasting is going to come really past episode 100, right? And the part that we're doing now is like the fun part. But there's all this, there's like a big load of tasks behind the scenes mm -hmm. that needs to happen in order to like do everything to make the show successful. Now, you doing three episodes a week probably have a nice system, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, yeah. So I don't know if you shared this already on the show or, or how much you're willing to share, but it would be great to understand a little bit more about how like the machine works behind the scenes, because that really is what's going to make a podcast successful, in my opinion. Are you interviewing me on my own? Show? <laughs> I can also <laughs> share how, how we do it as well. No, I, I think it's a great it's a great question. I just I just love it when the guests ask me a question. So the answer to your question, I've been doing this so much. I do all the editing myself. And one of the things I tell my guests now, if you've never listened to the show before, because this is April 23rd. We just recorded this yesterday on April 22nd. This is what really a lot of my podcasting colleagues go, you released the episode the next day? Literally, mm. I do. So I always tell the guests, no swearing. 
and don't say anything you want, don't want the world to hear on the show because I literally will put the beginning, a mid roll, and the ending. And if he sneezes, if Tom should sneeze, you won't hear it. I cut that out. But then I roll it around the next day. Now, well, how can I do that? You have to vet your guests. Hmm. So if you're getting people who have never been interviewed before, you're probably going to have to do a lot of editing because they're going to go, um, you know, so, or the dreaded. I hate that part. And I, it takes a long time. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I have to add that stuff out, but when you get a quality guest and 99% of the time I get a quality guest, they're already very much podcast guest veterans. And so I have a clean podcast. So if you have a clean interview, literally all I have to do is put the intro, the mid row and the outro on, and I save it as a wave file, send it off to a company on Alphonic, which is out of Denmark. And they make the podcast sound great. What they do is they take Tom's audio, my audio and makes it the same because We've all listened to those episodes where the podcast host sounds really good, and then you can't hear the guest because either they have a small voice or they're too far away from the microphone. When I get that file back, I just upload it. I use Kajabi Podcast because I'm a Kajabi mm -hmm. hero, and literally that's it. And then on the morning of the podcast, like this morning, I shared it on Instagram stories, Snapchat, wherever I could share the podcast episode except for TikTok. TikTok apparently doesn't like you going off the platform. They're throwing a temper mm. tantrum. So I don't promote things on TikTok anymore. They don't want you doing that. But that's it. I mean, it's now you can't do that when you first start. But like Tom said, as you get doing it on a regular basis, then you get a system and you can turn it around really quickly. I also would encourage before you give us your answer, Tom, don't go get an editor or a producer in the beginning. Learn how to do it yourself because you need to know how to do it because what happens if that editor or the producer gets abducted by aliens and you have to edit your show? So I think you should know how to do that. You should do the dirty work in the beginning and then you can uh, outsource it. Yeah, I think that's true for any uh, – when you're looking to outsource any task, if you're able to actually do it or you have some knowledge about it, you're going to outsource it much better anyway. So I totally agree with that. Okay, podcast system from – from my side so our approach is that we like to have different roles so typically for the shows that we're involved with there'll be a host then there'll be someone who's like responsible for the show typically like a podcast manager or a marketing manager and then there's like all the resources that are actually doing the work and so let's take the the host time is typically the most valuable and so we try to protect the host all the host does is research on the guest and then does the interview and then Ideally, there'll be someone else. If not, the podcast manager is the host as well, right? And so then the podcast manager is responsible for orchestrating the system to get all the other work done. And so what we like to do for these kinds of shows is that when a guest would like book in, we can automate the creation of Google Drive folders, Google Documents, Trello tasks, Slack messages to alert people so that all of those tasks are assigned. There isn't like any really product or project management that needs to happen in order for all that, all of those other tasks to be produced. And so that like automation and like streamlined process, I think really helps because really if, if that host slash podcast manager who is going to be responsible for actually making this thing happen, and if we can take away as much of the stress or work from them, it is more likely to happen. So that's our approach. And so I think most of the people listening, the host would probably be the same as the podcast manager in this case. And I would recommend 
trying to push away most of the editing or writing or like video editing task or like social post writing if possible if you have the budget available obviously so that your life as the host and podcast manager is as easy as possible if that's the case you're going to be able to be consistent for months or years do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated are you under a lot of stress there's a better way you only get one life so why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life you can Find out more at 90daystobustingoverwhelm.com. Now, we need to go back and talk about you actually have a company that does this, correct? That is correct. Okay. So you have a team. So I am what's known as a solopreneur. I'm a solo podcast host. So that's why I do everything myself. I don't have a team. I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone yet. So I do everything myself. But because I've done it for so long, I want to make sure people understand this that I, it to me, I'm like my own automation machine. I just can just do it. But if you're someone starting, someone like Tom's company is a tremendous asset because you're like, oh, host, managing social media, editing, processing. It's a lot to it. And I taught myself. I just jumped into the shark-infested water in the deep end, and I figured it out. I got bitten, but I got it figured out. I made a lot of mistakes along the way. You don't have to do that. You can go to someone like Tom and get your podcast getting in way more places than I did. In the very beginning, I had Apple Podcasts. This is before Spotify did podcasts. That's how long I've been Mm. doing it. But now when I'm on, I'm on Google Podcasts. And then I learned this about two or three years ago. You can take your RSS feeds, and that's what sends it out to all the podcast players. And you can put your podcast yourself on Audible, on Amazon Music, on Deezer. So some people will pull from the Apple Podcast Library. But sometimes, like I'm on some Japanese podcast player app. It's only in Japan. I just went there, used Google Translate to translate the page, and then submitted my RSS feed. I'm in some Indian, uh, the country of India podcast player. So once a month, I have a list I go through. I got it from podnews.com. They send me a, a newsletter every day and they have this list of all the podcast directories and you just literally make it a project every month. Okay. Am I in all the podcast directories? Now here's a pop quiz for you. I bet you don't know the answers, Tom. Where is the mm. only place you cannot listen to the Mark Stuchowski podcast? Good question. I'm going to say North Korea. No, it's SoundCloud. And the reason Uh, why is because SoundCloud wants to charge creators $15 a month. mm. It's not the $15. They're not even a major podcast player. Okay. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible. Those are major players. So it's the principle of the thing I will not post on SoundCloud because why would I pay them $15 a month when everyone else is free? Yeah. I also dislike SoundCloud significantly. There is a free plan, right? But it's like... Limited by amount of data upload, I think. But I don't know why they wouldn't host podcasts for free like the other players do and say, listen, if you want to, you know, music and all that stuff, we're going to charge you. But I don't understand why they don't say if you just want to host your podcast like the other ones, it's free. I think they're making a big mistake. But then again, they're not a major player in the market anyways. Agreed. So let's talk about mistakes that people, we've already talked a lot about mistakes. Are there any other mistakes that people make when they get into podcasting that you want to share with us today? Good question. I think the biggest mistake that we see, now we work primarily on B2B podcasts. And so most companies, they come to us and they they want to build brand awareness uh, within like a specific area, within a specific market. And the biggest mistake I see is that they, they position the show too broadly. 
Ah. And the best example I always give is, let's say we have a company or a consultant or a, a software business and they make software for email marketing, like email marketing software. And so there's like three levels of categorization that they could basically take for the show. They could have the highest level of categorization, which would be like a marketing show. The middle would be like an email marketing show. And the bottom or the most niche would be like an email open rate show. And so in this case, especially if the company doesn't have a big budget or it's not a big brand already, I would always recommend to create a show just talking about email marketing open rates. Mm. And so there you can probably become the number one most downloaded podcast in the email marketing open rates within a few months. You build a loyal audience. And then if you want to, you can broaden out. But what most companies actually do is they say, we should start a marketing show. And you go into that red ocean of like mm-hmm. thousands of marketing shows and you'd never build a, a significant audience. So I'll that's more like than a, thousands, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's the biggest mistake I see. And so if anybody's listening and you're looking at starting a show, when you start always error towards being more niche than less niche. That, that's very powerful. And when I started my show, I started it as the Mark Stuchowski podcast. And everyone says, don't call it the Mark Stuchowski podcast. What does it do? People can't spell your, spell your name. I said, it's a branding play because I'm Mark Stuchowski everywhere. And not only that, but most people are going to find my show when other people share my show, whether it's a guest or someone listening to it. Okay. So I'm doing okay with downloads. Mm. But a lot of people said, don't do that. Now, no matter what you call your show, you get a certain point where you don't want to change it. So after 1,077 episodes, I'm not going to change it. And I'll tell you why I didn't call it the super duper productivity podcast, because I had a vision in the very early days that I wanted to be like a Joe Rogan-esque kind of guy. And what I mean by that is I wanted to have fascinating conversations with fascinating people, not always in the realm of productivity. So I saw mm-hmm. that in the beginning. So now it's called the Mark Stucheski podcast. Like this is not about productivity. It's about podcasting. I've had people talk about Walt Disney World. I've ta- had people talk about, you know, health and wellness stuff. So I am not framed in, but what you suggest is start niche and go broad i decided to plan for the broad from the very beginning mm. so yeah a different approach but i i understand the strategy behind your approach is like to get your name more impressions mm-hmm. and oh, it seems like a working mark so yeah it is now something else i have recently changed on my show is when i listen to shows i hate the really long introduction mm. they go on and on and on like, and on like five and minutes. on and, and so now what I do on my show, and the listener already heard this in the beginning, I recorded myself a three-second intro. It says, this is the Mark Stuchowski podcast. And right in the interview, because I know people don't want to hear all that bloviating. Now, I do drop a 20-second, just a 20-second mid-roll, which is a commercial for something I'm promoting on my website, my, my coaching program. And that's it. People didn't tune in to this for ads. So... I'll mm. be honest with you. I love podcasting. I very rarely listen to them. I actually listening to a Tony Robbins book right now because I, the incessant ads drive me crazy because I only listen to things like audiobooks and podcasts when I'm out on my daily run. And if mm. I'm going to hear five minutes of ads when I'm running, it kind of annoys me. So everybody's doing ads these days and they're all doing audible zip recruiter, zoom legal. It's so annoying. It's the same ads. And so I have elected to listen to audiobooks because I pay for the audiobooks. and There's no ads in it, but that's mm-hmm. the way I do it. But I'm saying when you start a podcast, remember 
People are not tuning in because it's you. They're tuning in to learn something. They're tuning in because you have said in your title, and let's talk about titles in just a minute, how important Mm. they are. They're tuning in because they have a problem and your title said that you could solve their problem. They're not listening because you're Tom Hunt or you're Mark Stucheski. They're listening because, hey, this is something I'm having a problem with and you can solve it. So I'm going to listen in, which brings me to titles. I'm embarrassed to say this, but when I started doing interviews, I would say a conversation with John Doe, a conversation with Jane Doe, which is fine Mm. if the name is Oprah or (laughs) Barack Obama. But if it's Tom Hunt or Mark Stuchowski, (laughs) nobody cares. So let's talk about the importance of titles. Yeah. Before we get to that, I have a question for you um, about titles. If would would, do you think it'd be valuable if you could select two titles for a, a podcast episode and then they would both be released almost like a split test. And then after 48 hours or so, the one that got the most downloads would be selected. Like, would that be, you think you would use that? Wow, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I could see the benefits of it, Hmm. but I also know that most people listen to the shows in the first 24, 48, or 72 hours. Hmm, And so I would wonder how would you work with the statistics because you'd have to be, it'd be two distinct episodes. And then you'd have to, when you look at the statistics, you'd have to say title A was, you know, 400 downloads, title B was 50. So the total is 450. And then, I mean, it's a great concept, but I think it would make a mess of your, of your analytics. Yeah, it would be hard, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're just trying to work out if it's possible to build that. Anyway, um, so titles, yeah, I'm totally with you. There's a few strategies here. Um, I'm like, have a background in online marketing and copywriting. And so I always err towards like the most outrageous, like uh, almost clickbaity kind of titles because <laughs> they pump your numbers. But the problem with that is that if you don't deliver on the promise, you lose trust. And then over the long term, you don't grow as fast. So I think my first point would be try and make them like enticing, but ensure that if you do that, you deliver on the promise. I love that. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the hot seat right now, Tom. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause we're getting toward the end of the episode. So what do you think I should title this episode? Such a good, okay. Let's, let's roll this. <laughs> I think two podcast veterans share seven juicy insights on how to start and grow a podcast that is going to change your life. <laughs> now that's too long, Tom. I can't have that long of a podcast. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> two podcast veterans share seven podcast tips <laughs> okay no because you only want the word podcast in there once something something along those lines i think what do you think okay. about that okay no i i think um i don't know about the two podcast veterans i don't mm. i think it falls under the question who cares so what i think yeah. uh seven more than seven podcast tips or i'll come up with something i, I see i, I was mm-hmm. gonna try to help you get you to do my heavy lifting here tom you let <laughs> me <I> down <laughs> On my show, you let me down. So anybody who's listening who knows Tom, make sure you send him a message. He'll tell you how to get a hold of him in a few minutes here and say, hey, dude, you had an opportunity to shine and you gave this Ernest Hemingway title. I can't. (laughs) Why don't we just call it two podcast veterans, one from Houston, Texas, one from England. Talk about Mm. podcasting. Here are seven tips that you can be have to have a great podcast. How about that title? (laughs) (laughs) That actually sounds like a, a reasonable description. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, there you go. That's something else that's really important is the description. And by the way, I just changed my description. This is something people don't think about. So I 
have on my computer, I have a note that's got the description and I just copy and paste it and I haven't changed it recently. And I was looking at it uh, this morning, which is actually yesterday morning because it's Tuesday, not Monday, but you know where I'm going with this. And I said, you know, some of this stuff is kind of outdated and I, I changed it. So I fight the urge every time I change my description to go back all my old episodes and change them. I went back to April 1st, but I resisted because, you know, 1,077 episodes. Mm. That's a long way to change all descriptions. Um, but yeah, so that's something you need to take care of. The, the description shouldn't just be, you know, I'm talking to Tom Hunt. It should be, who is Tom? And I always mm. give one link. You know, Tom gave me, you gave me a link that you put in the show notes. And I have mm. a little bit about me. But don't put too much in there because, number one, a lot of people don't read them because a lot of people don't know where to find them. They just go to their podcast player and hit play. So if you spend a lot of time creating this really long show note and we don't know how many people are actually reading them, I guess if you put something at the bottom saying, hey, you can bring, get a free $25 Amazon card if you click here, I guess you would know. But I, mm. I never read show notes. Do you ever read show notes on podcasts that you're not a guest on? Probably 10%. Yeah. So I wouldn't spend a lot of time crafting the perfect show notes because most people aren't going to read them. Agreed. So do you, you, you do do custom descriptions for every episode, right? But yes, the, I do. The part of it is the same. Yes. So I, I have on my, on my template from my note, it says description, which is where I copy and paste the stuff from you. And then it says, who is Mark Stucheski? And I've got like two really short paragraphs about who I am, just in case people want to know who more is this guy, or they want to know my guest, they can click on your link, go right to your website. So I keep it really simple. I've been on ones that are like 5,000 characters long. and like, they got all these links. If you want my email, mm-hmm. go here. You want my program, go here. Follow me on Instagram, go here. I used to do that. I'm like, no, that's if you give people too many things to click, they're not going to click any of them. Agreed. All right, Tom. We are two podcast veterans that gave people probably more than seven tips to be awesome podcast uh, hosts or you know, guests. You, we gave you some information. You could be a good guest as well. Um, if you want to be a guest, please show up and follow the instructions. Because one of the things you said, mm-hmm. but when we first connected, you said, man, I was just rereading all your your requirements. And I do have a lot of requirements to be on the show because I care about you, the listener. I know your time is valuable. I want to make sure the guest delivers quality information and I want to make sure you can hear us. And so I do have a lot of requirements that my guests, my guests have to abide by because it's all for you, listener. That's what it's all about. So, Tom. Mark, Mark, sorry, before we finish, I think you just stumbled upon the most important podcasting tip just there. And that if anyone's podcasting, the only way your show is going to grow is if you actually improve the lives of your listeners. And so you should think, Try try to always think less about what you're going to get out of the show and more about what they're going to get out of the show. And then mm. paradoxically, you will get more out of the show if you do that. Oh, that is so powerful. And even like what I, I've gotten to the point now where I, in my podcast, I do what Gary Vaynerchuk says, I document instead of create. So I do have guests like you on the show, but I do have episodes like here. I did one that's like nine things you didn't know about Mark Stuchowski. Okay. That's just because some people may like, Oh, well, I didn't know that about him. That's not the majority of the shows. I do sprinkle those in every once in a while. Or if I have a real bad day, like I think a couple years ago, I, everything went wrong. So I recorded an episode 
because people, I want people to know I'm real. I, I am not this mega celebrity. I'm not a Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone. Although if you will talk to them, they'll tell you they're just like you. They just happen to have billions of dollars. And so I want people to know I'm real. So whether it's on my podcast or on social media, I'm always sharing things behind the scenes. That's okay to do as a podcaster. Don't make it every episode saying, here's three more things about me. Here's three more things about you. Cause the first one, people are interested. But after that, they're like, okay, oh, here's 19 more things you didn't know about me. They get real, that gets really old real quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Tom. Question of the show. Where can we find out more about you and find out how we can hear more of your very cool accent? Uh, yeah. So my uh, I'm Tom Hunt on LinkedIn and Twitter, so you can just add me and message me. Um, Fame.so is if you want to learn more about how we do podcasts. Wow. Fame.so. And I am old enough to remember when there's only .com, .edu, and .org. Now there's .everything. So make sure, I don't know where you go to if you want to find fame.anyother. But go to fame.so to hook up with Tom and find him on LinkedIn. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. Mark, I really enjoyed it. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.